0: Tonight's passage is divided up into four sections. I've made little titles for each section. Uh, the, the passage is right there on the, on the board, Colossians 3, verses 1 through 17. Um, just a quick acknowledgement. There is, there is an issue on the teacher's part that we actually skipped this section. So if you noticed that last week, it's like, wait, did we, did we do that part last week? Or did we skip? We actually did skip it in the schedule. <laughs> So we're going back one block. We're going to cover the whole book. Um, So we're doing this section tonight, verses 1 through 17 of chapter 3 in the book of Colossians. Verses 1 through 4, that's the first section. Let me put my outline on the board. I'm going to call this section, Look Up. So verses 1 through 4, I'm calling it, Look Up. Verses 5 through 9, I'm calling it put off. Verses 10 through 14, I'm calling that put on. And then verses 15 through 17, I'm calling that let him. Okay. So there's the outline divided up into four parts. Um, the text, so the passage tonight kind of itself functions as a review of the main parts of the whole book. So I felt that an introduction would be kind of redundant because the passage itself is very much a, um, a capstone to the whole book. So um, let's, let's just go ahead and read. I've, I viewed this text not because I'm preaching it, I promise you. Uh, I view this text as the climax of the book of Colossians. So, uh, hopefully, um, tonight we can have a real solidification of, of this book based off of this text. So, Colossians 1, verses 1-17. through 17. Here we are. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above... which is being renewed in knowledge and after the image of its creator. Here there's not Greek and Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another... With thankfulness in your hearts to God, and whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Okay, so section one look up. Notice how this section begins. This is really the key to understanding the entire passage. If then you have been raised with Christ, that phrase right there. If then you have been raised with Christ. All the commands in the rest of this book, in the rest of tonight's text, are predicated on that all-important if... So what's the significance of this phrase, if then you have been raised with Christ? In other words, if that part of the verse wasn't there, what difference would that make? What if it just started by saying the command, seek the things that are above? And if you do, then you will appear with Christ in glory. What do you guys think? Would that, would that make a huge difference if it didn't have that part, if that if part wasn't there first, and it just went straight into seek the things that are above? What difference would that make to the meaning, to how you're supposed to respond? What do you guys think? Does it change the meaning if we take out the if Part? Okay, you're nodding your head? Yeah? Okay, how so? How does it change the meaning? Um, well, if the if says, if you follow the press, this is the stuff that you've got to live by. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're not, like if you're not in America, you're not living by America's law. Well. Okay. Yeah, so t- following the logic of an if this then that, is uh, pretty straightforward. If you see the rest of the passage and you're thinking to yourself, "How do I desire all of that stuff?" You know, because in this passage we're talking about killing sin, we're talking about putting on a a new nature, and we're talking about letting Christ rule in our hearts and dwell in us richly. If we miss that, if we miss that if part, then the the stuff that is supposed to follow, I, I promise you, doesn't happen. Now, why is that? For so long, um, many of us Christians live with this backwards. I'll put to death all my sin. I will do good. I will read my Bible and pray every day. And through all of that, and only after all of that, I will be raised with Christ. Future tense. That is a huge mistake when we live that way. The first mistake we make is that we show how bad our grammar skills are. Now, what does that have to do, what does that have to do with this? Is bad grammar a sin? Uh, it could be. Now, let me explain. <laughs> let me read the sentence again. If then, you have been raised with Christ. What tense of verb is that? Past tense. In other words, you could read it. If then... You have already been raised with Christ. You have been raised with Christ. Past tense. So you could also read it as since you have already been raised with Christ. Seek the things that are above. Since it already happened. So when we live as if we have not already been raised with Christ in a particular sense we not only show how bad our grammar skills are, we also show how skeptical we are of whether Jesus actually did it for us or not. Whether it was enough. Now some of you might be thinking to yourself, well, hold on, Jeffrey. Uh, doesn't the Bible, the Bible does talk about a final resurrection. So isn't it talking about that one? Being raised with him? So we haven't been raised yet. Ha! <laughs> well, I would say that is a good point that you raise that. You you know, whoever you are out there. <laughs> and that is, that is one of the greatest promises we have in Christ. That we will indeed be physically, bodily raised. A new body. Really, a new body. Um, We have glorious bodies when He returns. That's That's actually in verse 4. Look at what it says there in verse 4. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with Him in glory. But listen, the only reason... Any, anyone will be raised on that day is because the first resurrection, the spiritual one, already happened. The only reason anyone enters the new heavens and the new earth is because we have already been spiritually spiritually brought into citizenship of that kingdom. So Jesus in John 3, look at what he says. Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. You must be born of water and the spirit in order to enter that new heavens and new earth. There are two resurrections, the spiritual one and the final one. The first resurrection, our spiritual resurrection, is the guarantee of the completion of that final resurrection on the last day. So let's review once again how bad our grammar skills are. Colossians 1, 12-14. Give thanks to the Father, who has qualified, past tense. He already has qualified you. Verse 13, he already has delivered us from the domain of darkness, and he already has transferred us. God the Father himself has qualified us to share in the inheritance. He himself has already delivered us. He himself has brought us into his kingdom. Colossians one twenty one. it's all throughout this book. You who were once alienated, verse twenty-two, he has now reconciled. Past tense. He has already reconciled us with Jesus' body, in his flesh. It's a matter of historical fact, not a feeling. It's a historical fact. Colossians 1.27, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now we kind of use this word hope as I hope so. You know, I hope to, I hope to do a good job on this test. Okay, you know. We kind of use the word that way as I, I really want to. But the word, when the Bible uses the word hope, it means the guarantee or the assurance of. Christ in you, the guarantee of glory. Colossians 2, 6-7. Therefore, as you received past tense, Christ, so walk in him. That's why in that song, I put the part that says, You have him, walk in him, abound in thanksgiving. Colossians 2, 9 through 15. Verse 10, you have been filled in him. You were circumcised. Now, quick note on circumcision. It's irreversible. You know, we don't need to get into details. It's irreversible. (laughs) It talks about a foundation, already been laid. He's not going back to lay another foundation. It's been laid. Verse 12, having been buried with him in baptism, you were also raised, past tense. No one's going back in the grave. When you sin, you don't go back into the grave. <laughs> you already are spiritually raised. Verse 13. You were dead in your trespasses. And then God made alive together with him. By canceling the record of debt. There's no uncanceling. It's been canceled. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Permanent, permanently nailed. Okay. Colossians 2.20. It's throughout the whole book. If with Christ you died Once again that if doesn't mean Oh I don't know if Christ died for you He's saying since Christ With Christ you died To the elemental spirits of the world So it seems Paul's way of motivating people To live like Christians Is not saying "Hmm, Maybe you guys aren't Christian after all So start living like a Christian So that I can be really sure that you are If you talk to yourself that way And I know I do sometimes that's, That's miserable I mean that doesn't work (laughs) <laughs> That's not the way that Paul is motivating people To live like a Christian How is he motivating people to live like a Christian uh, The motivation to live like Christ Is reaffirming the, the certainty That we are already his So don't look down on yourself anymore Look up Seek the things that are above What are the things above that we should seek So let me ask you that, guys that question What are the things that are above that we set our minds on? Okay, Jesus. God. <laughs> okay. Now, now, cool answer, right? Cool youth group answer. But how, do, how does that actually work? How does that do anything? Because also, what am I looking at? I don't, I don't physically see anyone. So what does it mean to set your mind on those things? Okay, so one question is, what? what? What are we setting the mind on? And the other question is, how do you set your mind on it? So what are we setting our mind on? When we say things like, you know, look to Christ, you know, like that song we sing sometimes, fix your eyes. Um, exactly what are we fixing our eyes on? I mean, how would you describe the risen Christ? Holy. Holy, yeah. Now it's probably going to be weird that I emphasize this, but this book emphasizes the the bodilyness of Jesus, the humanness of Jesus. So when he says seek the things that are above, you're not you're not looking up to like some foggy, floaty, you know, thing. You're seeking, you're fixing your eyes on the image of a perfect human. Something that you will become. Not like some weird thing that you don't even understand. You're fixing your eyes on a risen human person. A perfect human person. Okay, so consider that. You're not not fixing your eyes on like these intangible, inexplicable things. You're fixing your eyes on, as the way that Jesus described in the Gospels, That. That, that's what you fix your eyes and view yourself as In light of that perfect human person So let's get more into this What exactly is above Well first notice that Paul says Seek the things Plural things that are above Okay which things And then he also mentions where the things are Where Christ is Which that's what Ben and Enzo were saying So I think there's actually a built in explanation First of all He says what it isn't What what? What aren't the things that are above? He says, not the things on earth. Or to be, to be more specific, originally from this earth. Notice verse 5. Put to death what is earthly in you. Verse 2. Not the things that are on earth. So whatever the things we're seeking should not be things that are limited to, to this life on earth. Before the new life. So, notice, one of the first things on the list is sexual immorality. Sex is not a thing in the new heavens and the new earth. There's no, merit, there's no marriage in the new heavens and the new earth. So, if that's what you're banking all your satisfaction on, then you're setting your mind on something that is earthly. Or, you're actually viewing... You're, you're not viewing sex in light of the way that God made it for this lifetime, actually. You are making it an eternal thing, whereas God didn't make it that an eternal thing. So if that's your greatest longing, or anything else on that list, which we'll get to in a second, you need to recalibrate yourself, uh, your desires, uh, to the things that will truly last. Or another thing, possessions, covetousness. So for those possessions that you feel you absolutely must have, and you envy that other people have them, those two, ask yourself, will those possessions be in the new heavens and the new earth? Do you covet something that is not eternally valuable? Don't long for those things. Don't seek those things. So again, what what is it not? They're not what are the things that we set our minds on that that is above? Um, it's saying what it's not and what it isn't. What they are not. Sorry, grandma was terrible there. <laughs> what they are not are not temporary things. Things that originate from Earth. Christ is material... So, look at verse 4. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. When Christ is made materially visible... So, when I say materially, I mean made of matter. Materially made visible. Then you also will appear with Him in the same way, in glory. In the new heavens and the new earth, we will have new bodies... They won't be bodies of dust anymore. They'll be bodies of heaven. Look at 1 Corinthians 15, 48-53. As was the man of dust, Adam, so also are those who are of the dust. And as is the man of heaven, Jesus, so also are those who are of heaven. Just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, And we shall all be changed. This perishable body must put on the imperishable. And this mortal body must put on immortality. So what is the new body like? What are the things we're seeking that are above? Well, one right there is immortality. Sinlessness. um, Glory. A transformed self. God has a vision of you that is immortal and glorious. So live your life reminding yourself of that identity still to be realized. Anticipate that coming of Jesus and anticipate that version of yourself. Next section, put off. So let's move on to what we are to put off. Kind of already got into that. Which are the things that we are not to, act, that, that we are not to seek and also actively get rid of, a.k.a. put to death. So Paul gives a list. What's in this list? What's in the list? I'm, I'm actually asking out loud. So what, what's in the list? Yeah, go ahead. Impurity. impurity. Okay, you skipped sexual morality. I guess that kind of goes with it anyway, you know. Yeah, that's the thing. There's a lot of crossover with these. So, we, so we've got impurity. What else do we have, guys? Evil, desire. Evil desires. Okay, what else we got? You gotta know what they are to put them to death You know, nobody's shooting a, a, a gun In some dark room, you know You're not hitting anything, well I mean maybe But the, the point is you gotta know what it is you're killing To We're not accidentally killing sin We are assassinating this sin So you gotta know what it is So what is it, look at the list We have impurity, we have evil desire, what else we got Passion Wait what, did somebody say it out there Covetousness that's another one, yeah. Idolatry. Covetousness, which is idolatry, yeah. anger, <clears throat> wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk. Yeah, and he also says at the end there, don't lie to one another. So, what do we have in this list? Sexual morality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, idolatry, anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk, lying. Okay, we listed all, all the sins ever, guys. No, so... Is Paul, like, trying to write a complete list of literally every sin ever? No, but, I mean, did he hit a bunch of them with all that stuff? Obviously. So, uh, don't think of it as, yes, I made it out of this list because I don't have any of those issues. That's not the point. He's saying to put away all things that are earthly in you. And then he gives a sample list. So, notice something common in each of these earthly things. These are attitudes or actions that are a direct manifestation Of what our minds are set upon You know, hence the verses that precede this part There's plenty of crossover in this list So it's not not like it, like I said, it's not like it says every sin ever But it pretty much covers the problems of sin that are present in every generation And I would say every Christian, one way or another I think this would be actually a really good topic for our breakout groups So let's just discuss uh, the presence of these sins in our lives uh, in our breakout groups And help each other Identify ways to put these things to death So let's cover that in breakout groups Remember that The putting stuff to death Okay, next section Put on Verses 10-14 through 14. Put on the new self Which is being renewed in the knowledge After the image of its creator Here there is not Greek and Jews Circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave-free Christ is all and in all What's that last part doing there? Here there is not Greek or Jew. Greek and Jew. We're like who cares? Why, why should we care about that? Why is that a big deal? Yeah. Okay, so there is actually, you know, historical uh, enmity between these two. There is a persecution issue. Okay. Okay, what else? Well, I don't know that. Well, I don't know. If completely opposite, but um, I guess in a certain way of saying that, slave and free. So he, he is kind of putting, you know, polars, um, polar opposites. Yeah. Okay, I'm down. So think of it this way: How is the new self new? Like how new? How new really is it? How new is the new self? Well. Well, look. Uh, each of those things. So, Greek and Jew—that's just something you're born as. Um, you know, slave, free. Some people—they were—they were actually born into a slavery situation. Um, you know, circumcised, uncircumcised. That very much has to do with where you're from, what family you're born in. So, how new is this? Is this new self? Uh, if I may use this kind of way of thinking, I just. As just a way to, to get you to, a, to imagine how new, to try to imagine how new this new self is. So let me put it to you this way. Will it really be important if my last name is Swindall in heaven? Like, who cares, right? Will it really be that important if I'm American or if I have, you know, Argentinian descent? I mean, maybe, but like, who cares? <laughs> That's definitely not the main thing I'm concerned about that I'm looking forward to. My last name, the United States, Argentina. Uh, these are things that come after creation. Uh, after, even after the fall. Those are things from earth. So to, to view myself mainly, ultimately, in light of those things that come from earth is to set my mind on things of earth. What I am in the new self is something and someone eternal. A citizenship that actually goes backward before my birth. What? Chosen before the foundations of the world. What is that? I barely know. I mean, I barely know what that does. <laughs> it says here you're being renewed after the image of your creator. Who's before the creator? No one and no thing. What country is he from? No, well, he can't. He's not a created thing. All the countries are from him, actually. What's his name? I am who I am. What? <laughs> this is such a new self that we become a new kind of humanity altogether. So what is that like? I don't know. <laughs> it's 100% new. How am, I, how am I supposed to know if it's 100% new? So let your imagination run to the edge of infinity right now. Well, you you might hear and think to yourself, well, wait a second. You know, I kind of do like you know some things about Earth and myself. <laughs> you know, um, I do like my heritage. I like my culture. I like you know I like some things about myself. I don't want to be unrecognizable. I, will I even be like this? Will I have the same name? Will I be the same person? Was, I'm kind of scared now. <laughs> um, will I like the same things? Well, that's why the second part of this is so important too. It's the new self. This really will be you. You will be totally new and you will be who you actually are for the first time. You will be whom God has always seen you to be before the foundations of the world. Romans eight twenty nine: Those whom God foreknew, He also predestined, To be conformed to the image of his Son. In order that Jesus might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined he also called. Those whom he called he also justified. And those whom he justified he also glorified. So in God's mind he foreknew your glorification. You are already in his mind hidden away with Christ in God. What is the new self like? Well the emphasis of Paul... Is on spiritual things Which of course are manifested in the real action Real behavior in your real life But they are inherently spiritual So what things do we put on As the new self Starting in verse 12 we have a list here What kinds of things Do we have here Compassion Compassion. A new heart Kindness. Kindness Yeah What else Humility Meekness. Patience. That's kind of interesting. It's like we're building on each other. It's like we're part of each other. That's part of the new self. Interesting imagery. Or Paul says earlier in this book, we're stitched together. Okay. Uh, Forgiveness. Love. Perfect harmony. Peace. Peace. Thankfulness The word of Christ is part of the new self So let's talk in our breakout groups About how how we put these things on as well So just to recap So far First thing we're talking about Well I don't know if it's the first But just one of the things we're talking about in breakout group What and how do we put off With regard to the old self And what and how do we put on With regard to the new self So I've titled this sermon, as you can see there, the hymn self. Now notice how it's spelled there. I'm pretty proud of it. (laughs) Let me spell it out for you: H Y M N self, hymn like a song. I I named it like that because I think the very end of this passage. Look at verse 17. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. I think in a certain way of speaking it's saying live your life as a song for Jesus. View view yourself as a hymn. Do everything to the glory of the Lord Jesus. Allow me to read uh, for us lyrics from a song I really like called Where I Belong by Switchfoot. Here it is. I'm feeling like a refugee like it don't belong to me. The colors flash across the sky. This air feels strange to me, feeling like a tragedy. I take a deep breath and close my eyes one last time. Storms on the wasteland, dark clouds on the plains again. We were born into the fight, but I'm not sentimental. This skin and bones is a rental and no one makes it out alive. It feels like we're just waiting and waiting while our hearts are just breaking and breaking. It feels like we've been fighting against the tide. I wanna see the earth start shaking. I wanna see a generation finally waking up inside. Until I die, I'll sing these songs on the shores of Babylon, still looking for a home in a world where I belong, where the weak are finally strong where the righteous right the wrongs. I'm still looking for a home in a world where I belong. This body is not my own. This world is not my own. But I can still hear the sound of my heart beating out. On that final day, the day I die, I want to hold my head up high. I want to tell you that I tried to live it like a song. And when I reach the other side, I want to look you in the eye and know that I've arrived in a world where I belong, where I belong. I still believe we can live forever. You and I, we begin forever now, forever now. So the new self means to live your life like a song, the kind of song that you can repeat, put on repeat over and over again. Those are the best ones. Last section, let him. This verb let is very important. Notice there's a difference in the verbs here. So the first one is look or seek. The next two are both put, put off, put on. And then the last one is let. What's the, what are the key differences between these verbs? The first three are more similar to each other than they are to the last one. What are the differences between um, put off, put on, and let? Yeah. So basically, look put those two words like an action that you're doing. Mhm. So when you let someone say God's it. Right. I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, so look or seek and put are mostly um, things that you are the primary actor. You are the primary agent. In doing them, whereas let, it's like get in the shower, turn the faucet on, and let the water wash over you. It's like that. That's different than you know throwing the water on yourself, right? Let is saying just turn the faucet on. So seek and put, for lack of better, uh, for a better word, are active. You are the primary agent, words. Um, you know how in the movies, I saw a movie recently, I don't know if I should say the title, whatever. Um, I saw a movie recently where I thought that, like, the shot was really well composed. And you know how sometimes the character has been going through some rough stuff, and they get in the shower. It's not like they show anything, but I mean, they get in the shower, and they're just like, they're just like leaning against the, the wall. And let be honest Who reenacts that sometimes for themselves Just <laughs> it, it feels It feels good right <laughs> And And in, in this movie it was like you could see the steam Coming off of like the body I was like man that's a beautiful shot It had like sunlight coming in So So I'm using I'm trying to channel that imagery To give you the idea of what this word Let uh, Signifies so, you're not scrubbing, you're not, you're not doing anything. You're just letting it run its course over you. Just think I'm going to turn on the shower, stand beneath the shower head, and just let it go. So, to so relate it to what this is saying, put yourself beneath the shower of His blessing, of His rule, of His peace, of His word. And just let it cascade all over you. Let it run over the wounds and the scars and the stains on a daily basis. Let him wash those things away, which are not permanent on you. They affect you, but they're not what you will always be. Let him wash it off of you, renewing you after his image. And when he appears on that final day, you will appear with him in glory. So until then... Look up, put off, put on, and let him make you into the him-self. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the great guarantee we have that we have been spiritually raised with Christ. That you are the first fruits of our final resurrection. And so even now, like it says in Romans 8, while we are in our mortal bodies, your Holy Spirit in us, if you raise an actual dead person back from the dead, how much more will your spirit, while we are still alive in these mortal bodies, bring things of us to life? So we thank you, God, for raising us spiritually and uh, for, for commanding us things that are not impossible without your spirit, or sorry, that are possible with your spirit to put off these things and to put on the new self. And so we ask that our lives would be glorifying to you, that we really would live our lives as, as songs, as hymns to you, and that we would also be a refreshment to other people, that we, we would be people that can redirect your blessing to others, that can redirect your word to them, redirect your peace to them. So uh, we thank you for being our uh, primary bless her and and we ask that we too as Christians would be a blessing to those around us as well I pray for guidance in our small groups that you help our leaders uh, speak clearly and that you also give good questions and good response on the part of the students thank you for your spirit unifying us and teaching us for this all through Christ Amen